I know, I know I need to turn it on. It's not turning on. I'm pressing the top button, right? Press it and hold it. Oh, sorry. There we go. Thanks, Leo. Oh, well. All right, turn your Bibles to Exodus. Exodus chapter 33. We're not going to stay there. But you know, we really need to pray for our pastor on a consistent, daily, regular basis. Every time I, he asks me to preach, I, get, I, I realize what a job it is. And there's two things. You don't want to disappoint God, and you want God to use you to do the message that he lays on your heart. But then there's the physical, the physical act of, of uh, putting the message together and all those different things. And pastor does that four times a week. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, uh, Sunday school. Um, you need to pray for him. It's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. And uh, um, it's... I'll be honest with you. I enjoy getting a message ready. Probably more than I enjoy preaching it, but... I actually would rather preach than give announcements, to be perfectly honest with you. But, but um, it's a lot of work, and we should pray for him. Because you know what? He's a human being, just like you are. And uh, he has temptations, just like you do. He gets tired, just like you do. And uh, he gets upset about things, just like you do. Um, so remember that. Remember that. And pray for him. But Exodus 33 Exodus 33, in verse 9. Exodus verse 33, verse 9. And it came to pass, as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord talked with Moses. And all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose up and worshipped, every man in his tent door. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend, and he turned again into the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. Go to Exodus 34, a couple pages over. Exodus 34, starting with verse 29. And it came to pass, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tables of testimony in Moses' hand, when he came down from the mount, that Moses wist not that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. And when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come nigh him. And they were afraid to come nigh him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your blessings, God. Thank you for loving us. Thank you, God, for the great mercy that you showed us when you sent Jesus to die on the cross in our place. God, help us to never get over that and help us to always remember that. And be with us this morning, God, that you'd be with, be with uh, the preaching as it goes forth, God. I pray that you'd use my stumbling lips, God, to accomplish what you want it to. I pray for those that uh, may be here or are listening 
on uh, social media or the internet or whatever that aren't saved, God, that you touch their hearts and that you'd help them to see that there's a God that loves them, cared about them so much that he left heaven and came down on the cross and died in their place. God, be with the junior church this morning. God, I pray that you'd be with the little children, God, that you'd work, do a work in their hearts that only you can do and give them the faith of a little child. God, help them to trust you and be with those that aren't saved, God, that you'd work on their hearts. God, help them to see uh, that they need to be saved too, that their parents aren't going to carry them in on, their, on their, uh, their shoulders, but they need to come to you themselves and be saved. God, meet with us here this morning. God, help us to get a blessing out of your word. Help us, God, to draw close to you, and we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. The human face, and we're going to talk about faces this morning. The human face is the most distinctive part of a human being. It differs in each person because of variations in the nose and eyes and other parts of the face. That's how each of us tell each other apart. If we all had the same face, it would be difficult. It would be difficult. Um, some people are better than hiding their emotions on their face. Some people have what's called a poker face. You know, you can't tell what they're thinking. I do not have a poker face. You can tell how I feel quite often, and I can't hide my emotions. And another thing, I can't hide, definitely can't hide my embarrassment. How would you like to be a teenager with this face? Uh, getting up in front of people and face turning beet red. I'll never forget when I was in college, the first day of freshman speech class, I had to meet a person I never knew in my life, and then I had to get up, I had to spend five minutes finding out who they were and where they were from and what they were about, and then get up in front of a whole bunch of strangers and give a speech. But it was good for me. I think everybody should take an extemporaneous speaking class where they give you a topic and, okay, go do it. I think it's good for you. But I could feel my face at the time getting redder and redder and sometimes it turns purple and all those kind of things. But, so I can't hide my emotions with my face. And, you know, we use the word face in our language. We do. You ever heard of losing face? That means losing prestige. It doesn't mean, where did my face go? <laughs> <laughs> you know, where did my face go? I lost my face. Uh, or saving face. Saving face. Or in your face, or face the music, or FaceTime, right? It took me years to figure out what that was even, because I'm not a technological guy. Or a long face, which means you're sad, okay? Or face up to it, or a straight face, or kissy face, okay? <laughs> But there's all different kinds of faces. But the most distinctive part of your face is your eyes. You can tell a lot about somebody with their eyes. Some people have eyes that shine. The one thing that attracted me to my wife was her eyes shine. I could tell she loves me without saying a word because it comes out of her eyes. And my advice to anybody that's dating anybody is check the eyes. If they've got lousy eyes, forget about it. Uh, so... Uh, 
Really, I'm serious. I think the Bible, the Bible doesn't say this, but the old saying is, eyes are the window to the soul. And that's true. You ever see these Hollywood starlets, supposedly? They've got lousy eyes. Why? Because there's nothing behind them. There's nothing coming behind those eyes. It's just garbage eyes, right? The Bible talks a lot about eyes, and that's not what the message is about today. But Proverbs 15.3 says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. I need glasses because my eyes are bad. God doesn't need glasses. He sees everything. He sees everything. He saw what I did last year. He saw what I'm going to do this year. And we need to remember that. We need to remember that. Uh, in Ezekiel 8, it talks about the elders of Israel thought they were getting away with something. And God told, God told Ezekiel, drill a hole in the wall and you'll see what these guys are doing. They're following after idols. They're doing things. They don't think I can see them. And, uh, but God says, I can see him. I can see him. Uh, Proverbs, Psalm 34, 15 says, The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. God sees everything. You know, God sees our troubles. Don't ever feel alone. Don't ever feel alone. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not alone. He sees you. He knows where you are. He knows where you are. He hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't forgotten you. Second Chronicles 16.9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in behalf of those whose heart is perfect toward him. God knows exactly what's going on. He knows the sparrow. The Bible says a sparrow can't fall without him knowing it. Can you imagine a God that smart? We've got a God that's that smart. He can see everything. You ever try to think about that? If you think about that, your brain will probably fry. But in the whole world, God knows where the birds are, knows where the worms are. He knows where animals are out in the middle of nowhere that we never heard of. And I always look at all the weird animals in the world and say, God has really got a sense of humor because some of them are really strange. But uh, God knows where everything is. But the most important thing is he knows where you are. He knows when you're discouraged. He knows when you just don't know where to turn. He sees that. And we've all been there where nobody likes me or, God, I'm just so overwhelmed with my trouble. God knows that. And he sees that. He sees that. But today we're going to talk about the face. Today we're going to talk about the face. And um, we're going to talk about four things about the face. The first thing is God wants us to see our own face. God wants you to see your face. He wants us to see his, your face. The second thing is God wants you to seek his face. The third thing is God wants you to show his face to the world. Show his face to the world. And the last thing is someday we're going to see his face. We're going to see his face. Go to James chapter 1. God wants you to see your face. James chapter 1, verse 21. Familiar passage, if you know your Bible at all, you know exactly where I'm going. James chapter 1, verse 21. Wherefore, lay apart our filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. I love the language in the Bible. Superfluity of naughtiness. 
And you know what? You could tell your kids, even adults are naughty too. You know, you tell your kids you're being naughty. Well, adults are naughty too. <laughs> Superfluity of naughtiness. And receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word, not hearers only. Deceiving your own selves, for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he is. God wants me, God wants you to look in the mirror and not forget what we see. Not forget what we see. And sometimes we do that. He wants us to be, it says, it says in verse 21, lay apart all filthiness, superfluity of naughtiness. And then he says, be a doer and not a hearer, but do something about your naughtiness and your, and your um, do something about your naughtiness and your filthiness and get your heart right with me. When you look in that mirror, see what you see. In other words, take a look at it. Don't pretend it's not there. And we look in our hearts, sometimes we lie to ourselves. And, and we don't, and we think it, there's something there that's not there. It's kind of like Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. You know, the, the, who was it, the wicked witch or the wicked stepmother looked in the mirror and I think she said, am I the most beautiful person in the land? Well, she was lying to herself because <laughs> she wasn't. Cinderella was. But Cinderella, wrong story, Snow White. Okay. Uh, but, but anyway, enough of, enough of stories. I'm messing them up. Let's get back to the Bible. But, um, but she lied to herself. We lie to ourselves sometimes. God wants us to look in the mirror, to look in the mirror and do something about it and not harden our hearts. Go to, go to Jeremiah chapter 5. Jeremiah chapter 5. It's on page 832 in my Bible. I'm sure it's not in yours. James, Jeremiah chapter 5 and verse 3. O Lord, are not thine eyes upon the truth? Thou hast stricken them, but they have not grieved. Thou hast consumed them, but they have refused to receive correction. They have made their faces harder than a rock. They have refused to return. You know, our prayer should be, God, don't, make my, don't let me make my face harder than a rock. When we look in the mirror, we need to see what's there instead of lying to ourselves and hardening our heart and saying, God, I don't need to change. God, I don't need to change. It made their face harder than a rock. And you've seen people like that. I've, I've worked with people at times. I could never get them to smile. You know, they're just, you know, perpetual meanness. Uh, their face harder than a rock. But we can get that way as Christians sometimes. God wants us to be honest. God wants us to be honest. Hosea chapter 5 and verse 15 says, I will go, this is God, I will go and return to my place till they acknowledge their offense and seek my face. In their affliction, they will seek me early. God wants us to come to him and be honest when we look in the mirror. Let's, you know, think about it. What was your life last year? What was my life last year? Was it gravitating more toward God or gravitating away from God? And if we're honest with ourselves, we can make a judgment on that and do something about it. 
Do something about it. Luke chapter 6. Go to Luke chapter 6. Face. Look in the, look in the mirror and see your face. Luke chapter 6, verse 46. Oh, I'm in Mark. No wonder it makes what well, makes sense, but not, not for this application. Luke chapter 6 and verse 46. And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man without a foundation, build a house upon the earth, against which the stream did beat vehemently. And immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. The ruin of that house was great. So we need to be doers of the word. When we look in the mirror, we need to do something about it and correct it because obedience, obedience builds the foundation that our whole life is based on. If we obey today and then we obey tomorrow, then we're building up more in the faith and, and building up because a bad foundation is bad news. I had a bad foundation this, this fall. We... Uh, <laughs> I tore off a piece of siding and the whole side of the house came off the siding and then I looked at the siding and I kept digging and Alex was helping me and we're digging and then the stones were coming apart and pretty soon we're in the basement. <laughs> I said, well, we need to do something about this. So fortunately, we, uh, I poured a little footer and, and repair in that and, and fortunately the mason came and laid the blocks. He kept putting me off and Alex and I were gonna, were gonna try to do it, but nothing against Alex or against me, but the Mason was much better than we would have been. Uh, and, uh, he came and he fixed the foundation. And that's what we need to do in our lives. When we look in that mirror, we need to fix that foundation and be honest about it. Part of me wanted to ignore the problem I had with my foundation, but the problem is the previous homeowner had ignored the problem with the foundation and covered it up. And so put the siding over it so you couldn't see it. But when the siding came, then you could see the problem. And sometimes, sometimes we like to ignore it. We like to ignore it. You know, lost people do that. Lost people do that. You know, there's people that go through life and lie to themselves uh, their whole lives that they know God, that they're right with God, that everything's going to turn out okay. Well, that's a lie of the devil because they're not, they're not looking in the mirror and seeing that they don't know God and that their hearts are away from God and they need help. They need help. So the first thing, first thing is to see your face. Well, the next thing goes along with it and it's seek his face. Seek his face. Second Chronicles 7.14, this is a familiar verse. It says, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I forgive their sin and heal their land. You know, seeking somebody's face requires work. It requires work. You just can't automatically do it. If I wanted to have an audience with Governor Hochul, 
I just couldn't say, I just couldn't call up her office and say, I'll be there in five minutes, okay, and hang up. <laughs> I wish I could do that at times. There's all, we'd all like to spend like five minutes with a politician, but it wouldn't straighten them out anyway. So, But anyway, it would take work. It takes work. It requires effort. You know, it's easy to talk on the phone, text, or email somebody. Maybe for you, not for me. But, <laughs> but talking with some, to somebody's face takes effort. If I'm going to make an appointment with somebody and talk to them face to face, I have to make an appointment. I have to put some effort into it. And that's the same thing with God. That's the same thing with God. And, not, and some of the, most of this is not new, but it requires being right with God. You know, Psalms, the psalmist talks about thirsting for God. Thirsting for God. Every day we should come to God and seek his face. Seek an audience with God every day. And the only way you're going to get there is if my heart's right with God. And if your heart's right with God, the Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But spend time, and it's more than five minutes a day. More than five minutes a day. Uh, it's what I was reading in Deuteronomy this morning. Um, one advantage or disadvantage, I can't sleep till 8 o'clock in the morning. So usually I'm up at 5 or, or something like that. It's a great time to read your Bible. But we need to spend time with God and get close to him. And the only way we're going to seek his face is by looking for him in the Bible. Jesus Christ is all through the Bible. This morning I'm reading in Deuteronomy chapter 5. And God is telling Moses, Moses is telling the children of Israel, listen, God will bless you if you follow him. But if you follow after idols, I'm going to send you into captivity. But then it says, but, but if you return to me, I'll forgive you. I wanted to get up and run around my table. Do you know how many times God has done that for me? When I've gotten away from him and he says, but... If you return to me, I will forgive you. Seek his face. You realize we have the opportunity, you know, if you, if you had an opportunity to go visit the President of the United States, I mean, he'd probably forget you were there, but uh, if, <laughs> that's awful, I'm sorry, that was disrespectful, I shouldn't have said it. Uh, but if you had the opportunity to go see the President of the United States, it would be special. It would be special. It would be a privilege. And you should be respectful if you go. And I would be respectful if I went. But uh, we have an opportunity to, to seek the face and have an audience with the God of the universe. With the God of the universe, the one that created everything. The one who sent his son to die in my place on the cross. We have an opportunity to spend time with him. And, and listen to him and, and read his word and spend time. And I know we heard a lot in this church about reading the Bible, but, you know, we need, to, we need to do it. Isaiah 59, verse 1 says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. Neither is his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. You know, keeping our hearts right and in fellowship with God should be our number one priority. You know, I've always been, I know at work, I was always, 
Even if it wasn't my fault, if I had a disagreement with somebody, I'd apologize anyway because I couldn't stand to not to have a problem between me and the other person. I can't stand to have a problem between me and my wife for more than five minutes. It drives me crazy. How come I'm not way with God all the time? We should be that way with God, where we can't stand not to be in fellowship with Him, and we and so He so when we seek His face, He's there and He listens to us. He listens to us, and we need to do that. We need to spend time doing that. So we need to see our face, and then we need to seek His face. You know, the Bible talks about it, says, if you seek me, you shall find me, if you seek after me with your whole heart. I don't know about you, but how many times have you been in a hurry and you read your Bible to say that you read your Bible, but you didn't really read your Bible, if you know what I mean? You could, if I held a gun to your head five minutes later and you say, what did you read? You couldn't tell me. And I would be the same way sometimes. So we need to seek him with our whole heart. Well, the next thing is we need to show his face to the world through our lives and our testimony, through our wives and our, our lives and our testimony. Go to first, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 in verse 18. 2 Corinthians 3.18. But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Even as by the Spirit of the Lord. We should let the Holy Spirit do a work in our lives so that we can be more like Jesus Christ. So we're changed into his image. How does that happen? That happens when we're obedient. When we're building on the foundation of obedience. That happens when we listen to the Holy Spirit and we confess our sins instead of being hard. Instead of resisting. The Bible says quench not the spirit. But if we let the Holy Spirit work in our lives we can be changed into his image. Changed into his image. Um, Acts chapter 4, in verse 13, it talks about the apostles. And it says they took, and the, and the Pharisees, it says they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. That they had been with Jesus. The lost world needs to take knowledge of us that we've been with Jesus. And there's only way, one way to do that, and that is to be with Jesus. That's to spend time with Jesus. That's to desire fellowship with him and to um, seek his face on a constant, consistent, daily basis. And I realize some of us have more time than others. I understand that. I know how hard it is to fit everything in when you're working and all those things, but we need to make it a priority. We need to make it a priority. And I'm ashamed to say that sometimes I, I haven't made it a priority, especially when I was working a lot. But we need to make it a priority. We need to make it a priority and uh, spend time with him. So show his face to the world. Be changed into his image. Be changed into his image. And while doing that, we need to have a verbal witness to people. 
And not be, go to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse 17. Let's go to two places. We don't need to, as long as we're speaking the truth, we shouldn't be afraid of people's faces. We shouldn't be afraid of people's faces. Deuteronomy chapter 1. And verse 17, this is Moses. I love the book of Deuteronomy because Moses is basically given his farewell address. Verse 17 says, You shall not respect persons in judgment, but you shall hear the small as well as the great. He's talking about the people that he put in charge of, of hearing people's uh, problems. You shall not be afraid of the face of man, for the judgment is God's. And then he says, in the cause that's too hard for you, bring it to me and I will hear it. He says, don't be afraid of the face of man, because the judgment's God's. As long as we're giving people the word of God, we should not be afraid of their faces. We should quote scripture to people. We should let the Bible do what it's supposed to. Go to Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 7. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 7, But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord God. You know, we shouldn't be afraid to tell people what we believe. We shouldn't be afraid to tell people what the Bible says what the Bible says. We live in a society that is anti-Bible. We need to give them the Bible and quote the Bible to them. The word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. We need to remember that. Many times we try to argue with people and, you know, discussions back and forth without giving them the Bible. Give them the Bible. Quote the Bible to them. And, but don't, and when, because you're giving them the truth, because we're giving them the truth, don't be afraid of their faces. Don't be afraid of their faces. You know, Sam Gipp used to say all the time, he said, the worst thing somebody can say about you is that you deserve hell. Well, that's true. I deserve hell. And that, uh, but uh, we need to remember that. Show your face to the world. Show God's face. You know, the old saying, you're the only Bible that some people see. And that is so true. We forget that. You know, we've got it. I work with a bunch of guys that are mostly conservative. Mostly conservative. I would hate to be an unsaved conservative person right now. I'd be in despair. But you know what? Sometimes we get caught up in that. And we get talking about that. We shouldn't be in despair. 50 years from now, I'm going to be in heaven. Probably sooner than that. I mean, I don't think I'm going to live to be 100 and whatever. But uh, too many brownies in my life, right? But, uh, but see, that's why we shouldn't be in despair. We get caught up with that and our problems and everything else going on. We know the King of Kings. We know the one that said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. We should have, like Moses, the peace that's in our hearts, on our face. We should show it to people because, and I've been guilty of, of being 
you know, caught up with the whole thing. But you know what? We have nothing to be upset about. Our country is going socialist. You know, Brother Ingalls and I were talking about it. We pray for our grandchildren. This is not the country that I grew up in. And it's sad. And I think about them all the time. But you know what? God didn't die. God didn't die. As long as God doesn't die, we're good. And he's not dying. He's not dying. God doesn't have COVID. God's not, God's not sick. So we need to remember that. We need to remember that. Show God's face to the world. Show God's face to the world. Nothing should be more important than that. Well, nothing should be more important than that. Uh, we can see his face in the scriptures. We can see his face in prayer. We can see his face in prayer. Um, Martin Luther said, I have so much to do, I will spend three hours in prayer. George Mueller said, the first and primary business to which I ought to attend every day is to have my soul happy in the Lord. And you've read stories about George Mueller. He knew it was important to spend time with God and be happy. That's why he could tell these kids, hey, don't worry about it. I know you've got nothing to eat. Let's pray and see God, God do things. See God do things. Well, the last thing is someday we're going to see his face. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And this is something, you know, sometimes we lose sight of the fact that we have a lot to look forward to. We have a lot to look forward to. No matter what happens, we have a lot to look forward to. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 12, says, For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know, even as also I am known. Then face to face. That makes me want to run around a little bit. But, you know, someday we're going to see God. We're going to see the Lord Jesus Christ face to face. And, you know, that'll help you. That helps me when I pray. Sometimes when I pray, I have a hard time putting a face on it. Not to try to be funny. But I imagine Jesus sitting next to me in the chair. And we're having a conversation. We're having a conversation. But someday, we aren't going to have to imagine that. Someday... We're going to see him face to face. You know, there's a lot of faces. A lot of faces I miss seeing. more than I, quite a few. But, you know, I can't wait to see my mother's face again, or my brother's face, or my father's face, or my mother-in-law's face. But I can't wait to see Jesus' face. And you know what's neat? I know they're looking at his face right now. But we get to see... we can look forward to the fact that we're going to see Jesus' face. Isaiah 33:17 says, Thine eyes shall see the king in his beauty. 
Thine eyes shall see the king in his beauty. There's a chorus to an old song. We, I remember hearing it sung here 40 years ago. And it's, uh, I looked it up on the internet, and it's, I mean, the Southern Gospel people really killed this thing. But it says, oh, I want to see him, look upon his face, there to sing forever of his saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all past, home at last, ever to rejoice, ever to rejoice. Oh, I want to see him look upon his face. Can you imagine what that face looks like? You know, every time the disciples had a problem, Jesus said, be of good cheer, or peace be still. It's a peaceful face. It's a forgiving face. It's a long-suffering face. It's a merciful face. But go to your Bibles. If you're here and you're not saved or you're listening at home, you're going to see Jesus' face. But you're not going to rejoice when you see it. Go to Revelation chapter 20 and verse 11. Revelation chapter 20 and verse 11. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And in other words, according to their works, have you been perfect? No. Well, then you're in trouble. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. If you're here or you're listening over the internet and you're not saved, you're going to see God's face, but you're not going to see the face of the loving Savior. You're going to see the face of the judge that's going to judge you for your sin and send you into hell. You don't have to do that. Jesus Christ, God sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. All we have to do is about face, turn from our sin and turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. Ask him for forgiveness. Come to him by faith, and he'll save us. And we don't have to face the God of judgment. We can see the face of the Savior, the one that died for us, the one that died for us. The Bible says we need to turn. If you're lost, you need to turn from your sin, turn from your works, Turn from your religion. Turn from all your ideas. Admit you're lost and believe on him for your sa as your savior. Swallow your pride. Swallow your pride and get saved. Come to Jesus Christ and, and admit that everything I believed all my life isn't working. You know, the Bible says that him that cometh unto me I will in no wise cast out. No wise cast out. You can't be a bad enough sinner that God can't forgive you. You can't be. And, um, and we need to remember that. We need to remember that. And if you're not saved, 
you could come forward this morning and get saved. If you're listening on the internet and you want more information, call our church. Get a hold of our church. You can, you can communicate with us over the internet, as far as I know. And we can give you some answers. So you won't have to face the judge. But if you're saved, do you see your face? Do you seek his face? Are you showing his face to the world? And if you, do you love his appearing? Do you really want to see his face? Let's pray. Everybody stand to your feet. And we'll have a word of prayer. Father, thank you for your word, God. Thank you for how it speaks to me. I pray, God, that you take your word, take the message this morning, God, use it in our hearts and lives. God, help each one of us, God, to want to be closer to you tomorrow than we were today. God, help us to shine our lights so the rest of the world can see it. Help us, God, to be honest with ourselves. God, help us to uh, love your appearing. I pray, God, if there's someone here, God, that doesn't know you as their Savior, God, help them to see that they need you and that they need uh, to come to you in repentance by faith. God, be with us in the rest of this service. God, help us uh, to honor and glorify you, and we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Remain standing.